And it's uh, going to be from Galatians chapter number 5, um, and I want to preach about liberty, and I uh, want, to, want to thank on that for just a few minutes this morning. Um, in Galatians chapter number 5, and thinking here uh, in my study, it's a little bit different than the liberty we celebrated yesterday, but all the same, it's still very similar, and uh, it, I believe, is proof as to why our country is a country founded on godly principles and especially Christian principles. And so we want to look in Galatians chapter number 5. We'll begin reading in verse number 1 when you get there. And I uh, want to think about liberty and the maker of liberty. And uh, we'll talk about that for a few moments and we'll be done. But just excited to, to study this with you. In Galatians 5, the Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace." For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye may ye will be done otherwise minded. You will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For bre <clears throat> for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion of the to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. Thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. God, we pray that you would just bless it. God, we pray that you would apply it to our hearts and our lives. God, in everything we do, God, I pray that we would live with an understanding of this word, and I pray, God, that we would live truthful to you and your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was thinking and studying this week for this message, as I was preparing what God would put on my heart for me to preach to you this morning, I was thinking specifically, of course, about this weekend and this holiday that we celebrate. And we think about the, uh, the, the mindset of our country and the mindset of the foundation of our country and uh, two key principles. You find freedom and you find liberty. And so you've you know and understand that those are two separate things, in the, and, but they're, they're the same. They work in conjunction together, but they are two separate things. And for instance, you think about freedom and you think that uh, freedom is the opportunity to do something or make your own choice, understanding and knowing that there are consequences to those choices. And so when you hear people say, uh, well, you know, I'll do this because I have the right to do it or I have the freedom to do it, uh, that doesn't always mean you should do it. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. 
And even in countries where they don't experience and have freedom like what we have, while they, uh, while they may not have the, the, the amount of opportunities that we have to make choices or do things or even small stuff, some countries don't have the same opportunity to vote. Some countries don't have gun ownership. Some countries, most countries don't have gun ownership besides from us and, and a select few. But uh, you find lots of different things that we consider and think about freedoms uh, that we have the opportunity to do and we have the ability to do. And it really stems from liberty. And what does that mean? Well, that means liberty comes in and it's, it's separation from something. It's a freeing from something. Liberty is the, 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 the separation from bondage of something. And so uh, in, the, in the case of our country, the bondage that we were under, the, uh, we are at liberty from uh, the bondage of uh, a tyrannical government that told us how we needed to worship, how we needed to do this, and how we needed to do that. And so we're offered as a nation liberty from something, and from a tyrannical government that tells us how we're supposed to do everything and how we're supposed to spend our money and how we're supposed to uh, do things with our, with our private property and all this stuff. And so we're separated and we're brought out from that. And then we're, we're through that, we're offered uh, this huge range of freedom to do what we want to do with our lives. And that's just a blessing. And there's not another country um, in, the, in the world that's, that's ever in, in modern history, modern times, has had the amount of peace and happiness and prosperity that we've had. I would go as far as to say there's uh, not ever been a country that's had this same type of prosperity that we have. And to see people not appreciate that, not love that, it hurts my heart so bad. But deeper than that, deeper than uh, even thinking about our country, thinking about Christ and his, uh, he is the maker of liberty. He is the maker of our freedom from the bondage of sin. He is the reason that we are separated from Satan. We're the reason we're separated from our sin. The reason we can walk in our life and not be in bondage to this, to this flesh and to the sin of the world. And so in verse 1 it says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty... Wherewith Christ has, hath made us free. He is the maker of liberty. He is the one that sets us free from sin. He is the one that separates us from the world. He is the one that opens the door for us to live a life that, does, that is not filled with trying to just make it day by day and trying to survive in this world. We know that as we walk, it may get tough and things are difficult in the way and things come up that will hurt us and slow us down. But we know in eternity uh, we will always be with him if we are set free from the bondage of sin through salvation. And so we understand that that is the, the key mindset of we should have in our lives is realizing that he is the maker of liberty. He's the reason America even started. He's the reason this world is turning. He's the reason this world is standing here today. And in our walk, he's the reason we got up this morning and we're here at this very moment. And that ties in with our freedom that we have and what we read in our Sunday school lesson and thinking about the fact that we are given free will to make choices. Uh, I'm glad God doesn't force me uh, to serve him. I'm glad that he doesn't just turn away and just let me do as I want to do. But he is in the, the mix and he uses his spirit to convict me, but he won't make me do anything. I have to choose to do it. And when I have, when I take that freedom and I understand that I've been liberated from sin and I've been liberated from the bondage of, of Satan and I separate myself and I realize that I've got the freedom to choose to live for God. When I do that, I am more happy and I'm more fulfilled in my life because I've made the choice to live for God. And that's what's beautiful about the maker of liberty is that he came to this earth, he died for us, he rose again, and he's back in heaven at the right, right hand of his father making intercession for us, saying, hey, that's my child. 
And so we talk, we hear a lot of conversation uh, as of late and hear a lot of things about slavery and people bringing up uh, slavery of something that was 150 years old. Um, but you find slavery is an institution that's as old as time itself. Slavery is uh, an institution that doesn't know any colors. It doesn't know any boundaries. Um, it doesn't care if you're black or if you're white or if you're this or that. And people overlook a lot of the, the true history of slavery uh, in, in the history of the world. And you find in times that there were times that slavery slaves were treated treated better than others, uh, especially in Roman times that uh, slavery was just uh, really part of being the lower class. And so you find the, this different parts and pieces of history, but today what we need to be liberated from is not physical slavery in, in chains and bounds, and it's certainly uh, not something that, that really, it does happen in the world. It still goes on in the world. But there are so many people that are, that are, that are standing against slavery that's been gone for 150 years and don't realize that they are chained down and enslaved to Satan and his wiles and his uh, darts and things that he throws at people. And, that, and that's exactly what Satan wants to do is he wants to put in people's mind that, oh, well, look what happened. Look what used to go on. Look what happened to your people. Look what happened to these people. And get in their minds that they're, there needs to be this huge social movement to try to make restitution and make things right for the way things used to be, not realizing that those people that are doing, uh, causing this strife and causing this division, they're actually enslaved, a lot of them, to Satan and enslaved to his ways. And they don't realize it, but they bow down to him and they follow whatever he tells them whatever, because they don't have that, that freedom from, uh, from bondage. They don't have that, that separation from liberty through Christ or through liberty from Christ. And they don't understand that there is a difference between uh, uh, right and wrong and whatever Satan puts in front of them, they just follow suit to whatever that may be. Right. And so when he says Christ has made us free, he is the maker of liberty. And whatever circumstance I walk through in my life, no matter what it may be, is if I am a Christian and I've been saved in my, and, and I've accepted Christ into my heart and I've allowed him to wash me in his blood, Regardless of if I was truly enslaved in true bondage, if I was chained uh, down, if I truly was a part of that, I have freedom from sin. And that's greater than anything. Regardless of what circumstance or regardless of what I face on this earth, if I have Christ in my heart, the maker of liberty in my heart, then I can live a peaceful, happy life that, that, that regardless of, of what my circumstance is, I can have happiness. I read a story I told you one of my favorite books I've read recently, Steal Away Home. It was a, a story about uh, Charles Spurgeon and a slave he was a friend with. Uh, he was kind of pen pals with in Virginia. And, uh, and the slave, I, I forget the, name, the man's name, but he remembered and he recalled as a, as a boy at night when the slaves would want to sing together and when they would want to worship together the Lord, they would have to crawl uh, across the, because they knew there were guards that would watch their cabins and they would have to crawl to get in the cabin together and they would sing hymns and they would sing songs, spiritual songs to the Lord at a, at a barely above a whisper uh, together. And to think about that kind of bondage, it would be difficult. It would be hard. It would be uh, frustrating for me to, to feel that uh, kind of bondage. But I tell you what, that was a testament to me in my life reading that story about them and their dedication to uh, on every other night when they would gather together and they would have uh, all they wouldn't have a, even a preaching or a speaking service because uh, they were afraid that, that they would be hurt 
word, but they would very softly sing the words uh, of these spiritual songs to the Lord. And as they would sing, they would begin to feel the spirit and they couldn't express that. They couldn't get excited. They knew they had to keep themselves composed and keep themselves quiet and to think about the, the physical change that held them from being able to live a life of freedom and liberty. That was wrong. That was messed up. But I think that it's beautiful to realize that on the inside that they, they were able to accept salvation. God didn't care that they were bound. That God didn't care that they were enslaved. He didn't care the circumstances of their life. But he, through Jesus Christ, re reached into their heart, reached into their life, saved them, and they experienced freedom of a spiritual manner. And I'm afraid that we only value too much in the day we're walking in. We only value and we only look at, we only care about things of this physical flesh. Even Christian people, we only care about the circumstances that we're in and our walk and our uh, on this earth. And we only care about, well, this happened to me or that happened to me or what this happened, but we don't, we forget to look back at those people just like that, that lived their lives in bondage, but yet on the inside they had freedom from sin through Christ. And what how beautiful that is that, that someone that could live their life as a slave and chained down and, and, and beaten and hurt and trodden down could be saved and could go to heaven and experience freedom for eternity. That's the beauty of the situation. The devil only wants us to focus on what's here. You think about our founding fathers and the people to this, that started our country, our, our family that, that came here. Came, I, I'm sure they didn't know what to expect. They, they couldn't Google what North Carolina was like back then and just kind of see if they thought it or they couldn't definitely couldn't come and just on a trial basis and see what it was like. When, when you came over here, you come dedicated. You were going to make it or break it. It was going to be do or die. And so as we think about this, this freedom that we have today, there, there are people that lived under the same Constitution. There are people in our family that lived under the same Bill of Rights, that lived under the same Declaration, but they didn't experience the same freedoms we even choose today, even under the same rules and laws, because they came here and they had to make the hard way. They had to plow the hard ground for us to be able to experience this happiness and the freedom that we have today. What a blessing it is that somebody was willing to do that. But I think that when you're in those circumstances and you're in those hard times and you are plowing that tough ground, that you, if you believe in the Lord, you have something to look up to. You can be happy. You can be peaceful. You can be blessed in the things that, that you do in your life. And I think, honestly, the hardships in my life were probably some of the better times because that's when I have to lean on the Lord the most. And the maker of liberty, our Lord Jesus he has liberated me from sin. He has saved my soul. He has opened up the door for me to live a happy, peaceful life. But it's in those tough times when I lean on Him, when I'm not doing what I want to do and I'm not just living it up the way I want to, I'm happy. I think about my grandmother. I think about the stories that she would tell me about growing up and how she watched how hard her dad worked to have things and how giving he was. And he was one of, the, one of the people in the community. He was one of the only people that had a horse. And he'd take his horse around everybody's farms and he'd plow, plow the ground for him just, just to help him out, just to do, do for him. And he didn't have means hardly to have his own, but he, he gave that to others. He blessed other people with what he, what he had. And I remember talking about him getting a new dress and how it would be out of a tater sack, just cut, you know, cut the holes out, and her, how her mother would make it look really nice and, and sew little lace to it and make it look like something, but they would be so excited to have a sack for a dress. And you think about that, and I, I mean, I think about that, and I'm so disconnected from that because I didn't grow up like that. Now, I didn't always have, uh, my mom and dad, and I've mentioned this, they didn't always, they didn't ever really, whatever everybody had, I didn't get that. 
I didn't just mom and they not that they couldn't go buy it, but they didn't cave in to what everybody thought we should have. They they knew that separation. Uh, they knew that, uh, and they understood the freedom. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Just because everybody has this new phone doesn't mean you should. And lo and behold, after that new phone was four years old, I finally got it. And I'm not complaining. God knows I'm not complaining. But after something got out of style, I finally got it because it got cheap by that point in time. And it wasn't that mom and dad didn't want to spend the money. It was just the fact that they didn't want to raise me to look at everything that came out and think that I had to have it. And I appreciate that now. And I realize now that I've grown up easier than the generation before. And then the generation before grew up easier than that generation before. And I'm afraid that we're teaching so many people that just because you can do something, go do it. Just because it's in front of you, chase after it. Just because you got the money to do it, go buy it. And I'm afraid that we're setting people up for failure because we, we start to forget what we've been liberated from. We start, start to forget what we've been separated from. And they go back to my, my grandmother to think about her life and growing up poor, but to hear how happy they were to hear how blessed they were, to hear how much they would say, you know, we just had a good life. It was a good time. And, and to see how much that weighs on her now, to see what's going on in this world, it, it's humbling to me. And I look at those things, and I think about myself and how it wasn't that we maybe didn't have the money to do things, but mom and dad didn't just indulge to keep me happy. And I realize now that it's not all about having this or having that. Honestly, that stuff, this, I mean, my phone, it was so important for me to have an iPhone 3 or iPhone 4 when it came out when I was in, uh, when I was in middle school or high school, whenever it was. And it was so important for me to have that. And finally, I got one. And then guess what? A new one came out. And then I finally got that one, and a new one came out. Finally got that one, and a new one came out. And you know what? I finally quit, quit, quit caring because I realized I can spend my whole life running a circle around a cell phone. And, and that's what's happening to our culture is we've just got this indulgence. we just got to do it. We've got to have it. We've got to do it. And I believe that hard times that we're facing right now, these are the times we should band together and say that our maker of liberty, the Lord Jesus, he has separated us from sin. We want to share that with other people. I hope they want to hear it. But if they don't, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to live a happy life. I'm going to live, live a blessed life. And we do need to watch out for things. We were talking about the, the, the shot, the the cure whatever it may be whatever craziness they try to push out we are going to have to stand against some tough stuff i think that that we're not going to get out of this unscathed we're not going to get out of this without some scars and 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 some people may not get out of this alive but i'm telling you that we have a lord to lean on and he has set us free and he has liberated us from sin so we need to lean on him and thinking about that think about the mark of liberty you can tell a liberated person when you see them you can tell them when you see them. You ever think about when somebody retires? You can just tell. There for the first week or so, you can tell that they retired. It's just like all their crow's feet left and all the bags under their eyes are gone and they're standing up straight and they're kind of walking a happy strut. And you can tell that somebody's been liberated from something they've been doing for all those years. And, of course, after a while, you, you start. It's like when you're young, you don't want to work, and then you work for 30 years, and then all you want to do is try to find time for trying trying to find something for yourself to do because you don't know anything else and that's just the nature of the beast unfortunately but when you see those people you it looks like they've been liberated from something it looks like i mean they're happy and i'll get there hopefully in the next 70 80 years but they are happy because they have finally got to the end of their service at the end of their duty and they're free from that 
the mark of liberty is it's the same thing. A Christian person, they have a skip in their step. They have something about them. You can just look at them and you can just tell that they're relieved. You ever looked at somebody and you hear uh, they've got bad news, uh, that, you know, they may have a bad prognosis at the doctor or something happens in their family, and then the good news comes out and you can just look at them and you can see relief on them. Christian people, you can look at them and there's a mark in Christian people and that mark is happiness. It's joy in these un unknown circumstances. It's peace in the times of trouble. It's the, those people that I know that get sick and they get deathly sick and they're still serving the Lord, still loving, loving the Lord. And my mama, I talked to her when, uh, and, and uh, we were talking about her, her situation with the cancer. And, uh, and so uh, I had mentioned something to her and she said, you know, I, she said, I guess I'm, she said, I get down sometimes, but I know the Lord will take care of me. And, you know, that's an example to me. That's a mark of liberty, liberty to me because we understand and we know that there's something on the other side that's worth living for. There's something on the other side that's worth pushing to. And that if God takes me out of here, when I walk out of this door, that I have shown something, hopefully that would draw others to him, that would draw others to Christ. And it goes back to the, that thought of freedom. Just because you should, you can do something doesn't mean you should. But you, when you live a life free from, from, from the chains and the bondage of the world, people see that. And when you take them back, the mark of a, a liberated person, they point people to the maker. They point people to the reason they're liberated. That mark is the most important part about our walk and our lives is that we show people that. Let that light shine. You can choose to add to it and make it bigger. You know, you can, the way smart people would like, especially before electricity, if we were to light candles all through this church so we could see. You light one and you use one candle to light all the other ones. You can do that spiritually. You can be that light that sparks that flame for other people. You can be that person that brings the firewood in. You can bring that person that fuels that flame. That's the mark of a liberated person. That's the mark of liberty. But then in verse number 13 in Galatians 5, look at the mission of liberty. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. That goes back to the statement of just because you, you can do something doesn't mean you should. If you have been saved and you have been separated from eternal damnation, as we're studying and reading about Revelation, thinking about the eternal torment of hell, thinking about the eternal torment of that lake of fire, thinking about burning up and just being tortured day and night and thinking about what that eternity looks like. What he's saying here is he's saying, you've been called to liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. You know what that means? Don't use it for your own benefit. There are some Christians... That they live life like, well, you know, I'm saved, so I can do whatever I want. God's going to protect me. Everything's going to be fine. That goes back to the thought we had recently about, um, you know, being not. Don't be foolish with what God's blessed you with. Don't be silly with. Don't tempt the Lord. Don't act like that. That you don't care and live without regard. But He's saying that if you've been separated, if you've been liberated, if you've been freed from the bondage of sin, live like it. Let that mark shine. I'm afraid that's where a lot of Christians are lacking in their lives today is that they're not allowing that purpose and the mission of liberty to walk through them and show through them. Why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Why, are, why is it so, uh, so, so difficult to walk that way and not use this for our own benefit? Because we can. We certainly could if we wanted to. 
Some people, some, there are Christian people that choose to make it work for their own advantage. I don't think you'll get through your whole life doing that. I think you'll get to a low point and you'll, you'll hit rock bottom. And I think people that do get through their whole life doing that, they probably didn't get liberated to begin with. But it says, don't use it as an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. That's probably one of the hardest things to, to accept and to know that that's what God's purpose is. Is to take what he's blessed us with and to share it with others. If we think about our country and all that's been given in our nation and all the sacrifices and all the, the battles and all the deaths and all the people that have built these cities and towns and people that have created the infrastructure and people that have developed different things that have helped push us into the future to succeed. All the things we have, somebody sacrificed something to get us to where we're going. I was uh, watching a documentary yesterday and I forget the Sylvester Antelac, I believe is what his name was, he was a Medal, Medal of Honor recipient in Italy, World War II. And he, they were, in, they were circling this German-occupied this German Italian town right off the coast of Italy. And what the Nazis had done is they had put machine gun nests all around that, that town. And if you know anything about German military, they really about German anything, any kind of German engineering, it's the best stuff you can get. So their weapons were beyond most people's comprehension. And they were pinned down, and there was a group of, of men, a squad of men that had been pinned down, and this next squad of men, they were behind a bunch of walls and brick and rock and cover, tons of cover. And the sergeant of that second squad realized that his, his buddies had been pinned down and he knew that if he could flank the enemy, that he would draw their fire to him. He would draw their fire to him and take the fire off that first squad so that they could get back to cover. And as he goes running around the flank of that machine gun nest, they all began to train their, their, their uh, aim on him. And it was 200 yards from where he was standing to that machine gun nest and open ground. And he ran and he got hit and he hit the ground and he got up. He kept running, and he kept running, and he kept running, and he kept running 200 yards, and he got hit again, and he went down. And this time, it destroyed, I think it was his right arm, destroyed his, his right arm to where the point he couldn't even use it. And he got himself up, and he held his gun under his left arm that he could use. And he kept running, and he kept running, and he kept running, and he got hit again. And by this point in time, you would imagine these Germans probably thought he was possessed but he was possessed by the love for those men that were out in the open being shot at, the, his subordinates, the people that were under him, that he was empowered to lead and guide. And he got up again, and he got to the machine gun nest, finally two, ran 200 yards, shot down three times, got up three times. And they cleared that nest, and I think only two people ended up dying in that situation. And as soon as he got out of that nest, he got shot and killed. He wasn't compelled. He was, a, like I said, a recipient of the Medal of Honor. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a man compelled by that medal that he thought he might get. It was awarded after he was dead. 
I don't believe that he did that out of being crazy. I think he did that out of love. And he realized that if our world was going to continue, that our great nation is a hinge on this earth, especially at that point in time. I think he loved his men he served with. I think he loved our country. He loved something greater than himself. You know, some people, they take advantage of this liberty we're given as a nation. They just live it up. Make as much money as you can. Just do as much as you can do. Build up as much as you can have. Have as much as you can have. And they don't have any regard for what the cost is for the freedom that we do have. And as a Christian, take account of Christ upon the cross and his sacrifice. And he was beaten and he was battered. He was down, but he got up. Now he rose from the dead. He rose from the grave. And it wasn't for his recognition, but it was for his love for us. How great a Savior we have. How wonderful. How much that he loves us. That's what he wants us to do, is to live our lives and do things whether it's running a 200-yard dash in the middle of machine gun fire or whether it's just getting up and being a good person. He wants us to be compelled for our love, by our love for others. I get it. There's people out there right now in our country, and I saw some videos yesterday of some things that took place that made me not want to love them. It's hard. <laughs> Seeing Ameri somebody burn an American flag that's, out in the street, chanting, they hate America. I think they realize the, the price paid for our nation. But what's probably the saddest is that it, a lot of these people, everybody had a family member that served in the different wars and things. It, their grandfather, their father probably served, fought for our country. And that's what's very sad. But much greater how much God has done for us and he sent his own son as a sacrifice right. and that he would bless us so much and so many people would disrespect him. It makes me not want to love him, love those people. But I'm compelled because the mission of liberty is to love others. That's a hard thing to accept. If I get sick, I want to take some medicine and get rid of it. It's hard for me not to think, well... What kind of medicine do we need to get all these people out of, you know, purge them out? But if I can just show them love, maybe that can make the difference. And there's a time for different forms of love, <laughs> more aggressive form of love. But I tell you what, a lot of these people are just sin sick. They've not been liberated. liberated. They're chained to this world. They're chained to sin. They're enslaved, and they don't even realize it. The greatest thing Satan can do is make you distracted by something else and watch you spend your life chasing after that to try to fix it. I realize that not everything's always been a bed of roses in our country, in our world, and anything. But there was never any promise that it'd be perfect. But I know that because Christ separated me, because he saved me, I have an opportunity to spend eternity with him in heaven, and that's what's beautiful. Our country is beautiful. The people are beautiful. We have an opportunity to, there's so many good people. I think we should honor that and respect it, and I think we do. 
But to go back to and think about Christ and all he's given, the sacrifice he made, dying upon Calvary, that's greater than any sacrifice that's ever been made. And he's the whole reason we're even here under the flag we're under, under the freedom we have. He's the reason for that. He's the maker. Let our lives show that mark. Our country can't succeed unless we live and serve God, the God that created this earth, not any other God. I believe in religious freedom, but I believe in my, in my belief first and foremost. I don't want anybody to tell me how to worship, but I want everybody to believe the truth like I believe. But to show them that, I have to show them love. I'm afraid we've got a very skewed view of what love looks like. It's probably the most misused word in our vocabulary. I've known people, you know them for an hour, you know them for a minute. Oh, I love you. You know, just it's, it's become part of our daily conversation. True love is not only just how we say it, but it's how we show it. And the mission of liberty is to show love. Does anyone have anything?